This is Warrior's Way Podcast, Episode 66, and I'm James Eek. As a man ages, he needs to get wiser in how he uses his body. Eventually, everyone declines as aging sets in. The biggest mistake I see is middle-aged men trying to compete and train like they did when they were younger. Even worse is comparing their performances from their younger days to the present day and the feelings of disappointment and the disparity. This will always be a source of frustration. No one can continue to dominate forever. You must acquire the grace to feel satisfaction in the moment. Improvements for the man over 45 will be subtle. The days for big gains and big strides are over. Improvements will come in other ways than increased physical prowess. Thankfully, the mental game continues to improve forever. Things like learning to quickly relax, better breath control, reducing panic in uncomfortable situations, trickery, and of course, not hesitating to tap just as soon as you get caught. Struggling and fighting out of submissions is a young man's game and beneath the mature athlete. What's important for the older Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner is to immediately acknowledge his mistake in getting caught in a submission hold in the first place. Simply tap and continue playing. Many upper belts are loath to submit to a lower rank. This is another ego trap that will end in pain and injury. A large, strong, athletic blue belt will give an old black belt a really hard time. So it's important to face this and not be afraid of tapping early and often. Another suggestion is you stop competing with your students. Be extremely selective with whom you train. Have a few trusted students to work with and stop rolling with the really heavy guys. Their added weight makes it too easy for you to get injured. When you train, restrain the urge to dominate. Destroy your need to constantly prove yourself or your assumed superiority. It's all an ego trap. When sparring, see how little energy you can expend. Use only about 25% of your strength most of the time. Play a lot of defense. Forget your concerns about position. Some guys fight tooth and nail to prevent someone passing their guard, as if it's a tournament or competition. Forget all this competition-style training. Instead, refine your game to be playful and relaxed. Enjoy working the bottom and playing defense as much as working on top. Make your objective about timing, setup, trickery, etc., Quit sparring for short matches and instead wrestle continuously for 20 to 30 minutes at a slow, relaxed pace. Your body should feel fantastic when you finish. Never beat, sore, or abused in any way. In fact, you should feel like you could have done more. I repeat, forget the competition game. Master Elio Gracie once told me that modern competition jiu-jitsu is the anti-jiu-jitsu. The sport game is a form of jacketed wrestling which places a premium on speed, power, and stamina.
This was fun when I was younger, but I, I realized it isn't the proper milieu for the older athlete. Genuine jiu-jitsu requires none of these things, because real jiu-jitsu isn't competitive. This is why the majority of the time should be spent training with good white and blue belts. They are more like what you'd run into in a true street fight. Learn to relax and trick them without using power. This is a fun game. And if it's not fun, then you shouldn't do it. This is from an article called Jiu-Jitsu and the Mature Athlete, a letter to a former student by Jiu-Jitsu, fitness, mobility, and lifestyle legend, Steve Maxwell. First off, if you haven't had a chance to study the works of Steve Maxwell, you need to hit pause and go check out his videos, his articles, and books. And if you get a chance to, you need to attend one of his training camps. He does them on jiu-jitsu, fitness, mobility, breathing, and a ton of other interesting topics, all of which are life-changing. I've been lucky enough to have Steve Maxwell teach at my school, the Eek Academy of Martial Arts in Victoria, BC, Canada. And I should add that he is back to teach some more jujitsu in October of this year. So if you want more info on that, check out his website under the events or drop me a line and I can give you the details. And I'd love to see you there. And so would he. As for the article, Steve Maxwell is, as always, exactly on the mark. As I wrote in my own books and have mentioned in this podcast before, age will be your greatest opponent, especially if you are oblivious to it. What I explain to my students is that you need to train today, not for the person you are right now, but for the person you will be in five or 10 years from now. You need to train smart. Of course, most people under 40 won't understand at all what I mean. Just as I never really understood when my teacher Dan in Osanto used to explain to us that certain attributes will diminish as time goes on. And for some, you'll notice it at 40, some at 45, and others will see it around 50. <laughs> Either blessed with good genetics or just simply as a result of training and hitting the gym and keeping in pretty decent shape all my life, I have, knock on wood, managed to dodge a lot of the physical and health issues that others my age have ran into. I can still keep up for the most part with the younger people, but I more than realize that now at 50, the stairs suddenly suck way more than they did 25 years ago. My eyes aren't quite what they were. And while I used to be a decent runner, now I'm pretty glad that I'm a fighter because running away isn't as quick as it used to be. But I'm keeping it together and I continue to train and hit the gym five days a week and I roll with the youngsters and generally make sure that I am as healthy and strong as possible. Thing is, I'm a good listener. <laughs> I've heard the advice of Steve Maxwell and of Dan and Osanto and I've set in motion a training schedule and outlook that's all about maintaining what I have for as long as I possibly can. It's a good way to live your life, not just when you hit 50, but I think for any age. I read articles and see the kids these days who would rather sit on the couch and play video games 
or watch videos on their phone than get up and get outside or get into the dojo. And that's sad. Just the other day, I was walking the dog and I had to stop when I noticed two young kids, around seven, having a sword fight with tree branches on the sidewalk. And it made me so happy to see these kids actually outside in roughhousing, which, by the way, is exactly what kids need. They need to figure their way out of conflict. They need to learn to move. They need to use their brains and coordination. And they need to be outside. They most certainly don't need to break in the couch any more than it already is. When it comes to competitive jiu-jitsu or sport jiu-jitsu as it gets called as well, I think that Steve Maxwell is 100% right when he calls it anti-jiu-jitsu. You have to remember that as professors Hicks and Gracie or Professor Jean-Jacques Machado will tell you, when they were first taught jiu-jitsu, it was all about self-defense and survival. Today's competitive short round competition is perfectly good, don't get me wrong. It's perfectly good for all those who take part. But they need to understand that a lot of what is used for that aspect, the sport aspect, doesn't really transfer really well to the street. You try going into an inversion or a turtle or a flying armbar or any number of other things that the young competitive crowd do, and it can really end up getting you hurt or worse, on the street, or when you need to defend yourself. So what is a person to do? Well, like Steve Maxwell says, you need to let go of your ego and be smart about how you train. We all need to get it out of our jujitsu heads that we must, by any means, tap our partners out. This is just building ego and stupidity. Tapping just means you get to start again. Tapping someone out doesn't mean you are better than them. Just let your ego go. As I explained to my kids' classes, the most important thing in jiu-jitsu, or maybe in life, is control. And that's a hard one. Believe me. First, you need to learn to control yourself. Control your breathing, control your aggression, control your emotions, control yourself. Then you need to learn how to control your opponent so that they cannot hurt you. This means that defending yourself is your whole focus. The submission will come. You'll see it naturally appear. And when it does, sometimes you'll go for it and other times you'll just let it go. And you'll try something else because you want something more difficult to set up. At a certain point, if you've been trained properly, your jiu-jitsu will be a whole different thing than that aggressive, dangerous-to-yourself spaz-jitsu that you started with. Heck, some schools never figure that out. And I'm sure you have all trained with people with colored belts around their waists who show you exactly that that they've never learned to breathe, that they've never learned to relax, that they've never learned just to have fun doing jiu-jitsu. And life, as Steve Maxwell points out, if it isn't fun, you shouldn't be doing it. Make your life special. Make your life fun. Pretty simple if you ask me. Great article. Again, Steve Maxwell, amazing guy. He's going to be at my school in October. 
um, you're more than welcome. You can find out all the details on his website and register there too. Or like I said, drop me a line. I love hearing from people. So let's go on to the question of the week. This is from Brad. And Brad is asking, I really love training and I am so glad that I have my school and I'm wondering what I can do to show my instructor what this all means to me. What do you think? (laughs) Well, first off, that's a great question. Um, Especially given that it shows that you are thinking of someone other than yourself. Too many students I've had over the 30 years or so that I've been teaching don't get that. Even students who have trained for a number of years will still end up very egocentric. Let's face it, we all do. Or we all can. They think they're thinking about others, but actions always speak louder than words. If you want to show your teacher in your school how much it all means to you, first off, make sure they know. Act like the grateful person you say you are. Help out with cleaning the mats. If you see some garbage laying around, pick it up. If your instructor needs help with something, then take it on. Whether they ask for it, whether they seek out help or not, help them. Next thing, and maybe the most important one, is to remember that your school needs students. That's what it is. It's a martial arts school filled with students. They need to be there so you have people for training and for you to have people to train with. But even more importantly, so that your school will be there for you and for those that come in the future. And this means that each and every student that trains at your school needs to be active in spreading the word about the school. Bringing friends, bringing family, bringing frenemies all in to train and doing everything possible to improve the the place. And it will be a success or a failure thanks to you. Not your teacher. Your teacher has a small role in it. It'll be thanks to you. If the place fails, look in the mirror. So there you go. You want to show your gratitude? Then help out. Plain and simple. Nothing says thank you more than making sure that your school is awesome. Good question. And I think we will draw the podcast to a close. Um, Again, if you get a chance, check out Steve Maxwell. He's got tons of instructional videos and other material. Um, Fantastic, fantastic teacher. And for years, up until recently, he traveled around the world as pretty much a nomad, living out of a backpack, just teaching people everywhere on this planet. And uh, that's incredible. Um, Yeah, check him out. All right. So, tying things up. uh, If you haven't checked it out yet, we have a Patreon page. Uh, If you look on the podcast's um, homepage, where, you know, you find all of the, the listings, you'll see the link to it. Or you can go on Patreon and just look for it. It's kind of like having a website, if you don't know what Patreon is. But there is content that you subscribe to um, so you can get more and help support our podcast. 
So I just started up not too long ago, and I am in the process of putting some martial arts instructional videos on it, whether it's jujitsu videos or Kali videos or meditation or whatever. There'll be videos on there that you can access if you support the page and the podcast. Um, and I know, you know what, the podcast is free and I get it. Free things are awesome. But uh, if you really believe in what we're trying to do with uh, the podcast, um, you know, throw in a couple bucks and making sure that, you know, we can keep this thing going and improving it and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that's much to ask for. Um, the other thing you can do is let people know about our podcast. Tell your friends about it. Tell the people in your school about it. Um, because really the podcast is about getting the most out of your training and out of your life and making this world a better place. Um, and, you know, we can only do that when we do things together. So spread the word. Another way you can help spread word, by the way, is give the podcast a review on Apple Podcasts. So just click on that button and type a few words. Wow, this thing is awesome. I wish I had a shaved head like him. <laughs> um, give it five stars and there you go. And I will be eternally grateful. If you have questions or comments or you want to just touch base or give me a question of the week or hey, even I've got a great podcast idea. You can always track me down. I'm on Facebook. You can look for my academy page on there. It's Eek Academy of Martial Arts. Um, there's also the Warriors Way podcast page on Facebook as well. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. I don't have a Warriors Way podcast Instagram account because, as you can imagine, there's only so much time in the day. And I know some people really love having all these accounts, and I'm not one of them. <laughs> so there is one Instagram account, and it is under my martial arts school, the Eek Academy of Martial Arts. But I post stuff about, you know, picture of my dog or stuff from Warriors Way podcast or whatever else. It's kind of a place for all things awesome in my life. Um, and then the other thing is if you're enjoying this podcast and you, you know, are like, wow, this is actually pretty cool stuff. I have written a couple books on this kind of thing. The first one is The Warrior's Way, A Guide to Lifelong Learning in the Martial Arts. And the second is called A Wolf in the Woods. And uh, it's about a run-in that I had in the forest and actually got into a fight with a wolf that wanted to do me harm. And as you can imagine, something like that is going to change the way that you look at things and uh, it's all about how that experience kind of made me relook at my martial arts and how I train and how I do everything. So, anyways, check it out. I would love it. They are available as ebooks or actual paper copies. And I've got like three or four other ones that are written and in various stages of editing. So, there'll be more of them coming. I just need time to do it. But. If you know anything about me, you know that I like to train and live life and, you know, lots of cool other things. So, they'll get done. <laughs> Just not tomorrow. Um, other than that, that's all I've got for you. So, 
Be smart when you train. Take some of the advice from Steve Maxwell. Get out there and make your school the best school that it can be. Train hard, have fun, and try to think of ways to make this world a better place and do it. Thanks a lot for listening.